Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And there's screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the truth. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes this town tonight. Hey, welcome back. Welcome into the Quantum Glasses okay. Sports Talk Show. <laughs> Man, you are way ahead of the It is Monday. Wow, you're ready to Monday. go. You're juices ready to go. Is going, the juices are flowing. Jeremy Lachey, Kurt Fell Keller here. Mm-hmm. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show, 888-346-9144 is the number to call in. Yeah, I was, I was ready. I was ready to. You're apparently, you're apparently uh, working in the future. I was already in, in segment two. Already. Yeah. yeah, I was thinking about, I was like, segment one is over. It's nothing to talk know. about. Oh, man. But then I remembered. There's a ton to talk about it's today. Monday. Oh, it's a lot to talk about. Lots to talk about today. Was not great of a sports weekend as the weekend before. Coming off the greatest week. <laughs> Yo, because the horses died at the Preakness? Is that what you're worried about? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> so, For those like of that. you not able to see this, I mean, Demery just gave me such a blank look when I said that. He, he's looking at me go, where the hell are you going with this horses one? Horses died. Okay, let's jump into it. Uh. <laughs> they, horses died at the Preakness. Little crashes had to be put down. So two died this really? weekend. Yeah, right before the big race. So, yeah, that's uh, – and it's just – and for those that have never seen horse racing, and, and I get it. I'm not a big horse race fan, but they're the most majestic athletic animals. When you watch them run and the way they just perform, I think it, it's awesome to me. And it's, it's a shame to see something of that caliber having to be put down because they broke a leg. Wow. Yeah. And there's no coming back? Not from – no. Not from no. a horse. Well, and, and the thing is, is that because, you know, horses sleep standing up and everything else, you, oh, if they, they can't lay down, really, for long periods of time. So what um, happened with the other horse? I didn't mean to interrupt, but both horses? Both horses were put down. Legs broke or yep. one? Yep. Wow. Yeah. And it's just, it, it's just a shame. But um happens a little bit more, I think, than, than we all realize because, uh, you know, yeah. casual yeah. casual yeah. horse race fan – <laughs> Watch the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness. Maybe that's about that's it. That's me. Yeah, and Belmont Stakes. That's that's it. That's me. And don't bet. That's, yeah, that's, it, all, that's all well, me. Yeah, because it's all <laughs> it's all fixed anyway. So pretty much. Yeah, but those horses are built like. I mean, <laughs> I get the concept of built like a stallion, <laughs> but and I didn't really understand until I got Do older you? when coaches. Did you get that principle? A little bit. Yeah? I, me, not so much. When coaches used to be like, Demery, we have to build you like a horse. You are a workhorse. I didn't understand. I didn't understand that until I did some research. And those horses What a workhorse was? Yes. <laughs> so are you a Clydesdale? You a quarter horse? You a, uh, I mean, what are we we're talking about here? An I'm Arabian? An I'm an off-season horse. You're an off-season horse. Right now, I'm an off-season horse. I see. But before, and just doing the research, it was like. These these things are built, you know, so strong. Like yeah. the impact, and I've seen some police horses, but I don't think they have anything on a racehorse. Well, speaking of strong, so we have young Kwame on the line with us, calling in from his uh, his assignment. Young, young Kwame. I can call anybody young. Well, when that you, works when you say for young me. Kwame, I think of, I think of KJ. Oh no no no, young young <laughs> Kwame. Kwame, what kind of horse would you be? If you had to describe yourself in equestrian uh, terms, I I am a uh, black stallion. Okay, so, so oh, right. are you a racehorse or are you <laughs> right. a 
a uh, are you a Clydesdale? Are you a workhorse? Are you a plow horse? What are you? What I'm getting from Demery right now is he's kind of he was his coaches looked at him to be the plow horse. <laughs> no, uh, workhorse. No, I'm more, I'm more of a uh, Clydesdale. Got a little bit of race in me. Ah, very good. Well, we were just mentioning that it was a. Um, it was a unique weekend in sports, and of course, I bring up the very obscure that a couple of horses had to be put down at the Preakness because of broken legs, and that's how we got into this little horse discussion. But certainly, there's there's some really big topics out there right now, um, and uh, I don't even know where to start because there's to me. Well, let's let's talk about basketball. Even though I think NFL is going to dominate this thing, because I got some very strong opinions about two stories <laughs> in the NFL. Yes. Last okay. night, last night OKC just put it on the Warriors. I mean, put it on them. And probably the biggest thing, though, coming out of that is that there's a possible suspension for Draymond Green for kicking somebody in the men's section. Yes. So. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think um, suspended I think, or not. Uh, Draymond Green, if they get suspension, I, I think is the first one we saw in the previous game before this one was. I think that was unintentional because he was still looking at the basket going up. No one can, no one can do that and, and intentionally try to knee you in the groin. The second one, I didn't understand the kick. The kick happened. I've seen him do that, but I've also seen some jarring going back and forth. Not even back and forth, more so from uh, Draymond Green's end to Adams. I'm like, well, just play basketball. If you're better than somebody, you don't even have to talk to him. If you're better than the guy, or if you think you're better than the guy, you don't have to talk to him. But if he starts talking, I understand the jarring back and forth, because now it's competitive game. It's all in the nature of sport, uh, as long as nothing like a kick and a groin happens and messing up the integrity of competition. I, I said early on the show, that I think Draymond, I don't know if I'm liking Drake Green, Draymond Green or, or does he just want everything to be his team or he still has that chip on his shoulder from being a second-round draft pick. He played like a third-round draft pick last night. That was that was a huge part of why. <laughs> yeah. he, he and Clay Thomas not showing up. I think Clay Thomas, to win this game, to win this series, Clay Thomas, and then that's more Draymond Green. Draymond Green just had to maintain. But Clay has to take the initiative. He has to start the game off like he did in that second game, and that's attacking. Right. Whether he misses it or not, at least he's attacking. Another thing these guys are not doing are not crashing the boards for rebounds. They're not taking long shots where they're getting these long rebounds. They're driving to the basket. No one's getting in the way for a possible charge. No one's crashing the board. They're all looking. And then when they do pass it off, the strategy I kind of saw last night was Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant driving to the basket. Yeah. Everyone collapsed on them. And then they dish it out, and their their role players just happened last night to hit those shots, big time yeah. shots that they had to hit. So at this rate, it's going to be um, it's going to be very interesting to see how they come out because they've never how the Golden State Warriors come out because they have never lost this year two games back to back. But right. I can see them losing two games back to back come tomorrow. I can't see it, but, but no, I, I think you're right. But to to the issue of Draymond Green, I think. He went up off his left foot for the shot. Then he flailed trying to draw the call. Because if you watch both of his arms fly back, and if you're jumping in the air and both of your arms fly back, a leg's going up. I, I just find this totally unintentional. 
I mean, granted, I'm not a huge Draymond Green fan because I think he's a bit of a psycho. So as a result, he becomes he becomes a a real. Um, I don't know. God, he's a risk factor. He's very emotional. He's a risk factor. Yeah. Period. Give me, give me Zach Randolph. Well, yeah, absolutely. But but now that we've got Draymond there, I I don't think that there's any way he intentionally tried to kick him. I, I just I just don't see it because you see this every time when people are trying to draw a foul on a shot, they flail. Yes. And if both arms are going back and you end up off your left foot, your right foot has to come up. That's just so I don't I don't believe it was it was intentional, even as as much of an emotional uh, disaster as he is. I think there's no way he did that intentionally. That's you just my opinion. Karate kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ever seen the Karate Kid when he got both arms up and he's kicking like a uh, crane? That's yeah. A crane yeah. Kick. Yeah. Well, but he had a lot more mental discipline than Draymond Green, so I don't think Draymond <laughs> could do that. So, so Kwame, you think it was intentional? <laughs> Kwame, you saying that was an intentional kick to the groin? I'm saying he knew what he was doing, and I, and I don't, I'm not. You can't even graze my groin, and we about to fight. But when you do it like that, you can't fight. You got to get on all fours and try to catch your breath. I'm just saying, play basketball. Stop with all the antics. You you've already okay. We know you yeah. got the chip on your shoulder. Just play basketball. I don't care if you talk, as long as you back it up. When you don't back up all the conversations you have on a basketball court when there's a basketball game going on, you're costing your team. Yeah. And we want to think, I, I, was in a, I was in a spot watching the game, and here's, here's how dramatic it is, how, how Steph Curry is the guy. And I'm still talking to Draymond Green. People walked in from outdoors, came into the bar, said, uh, he's not playing because the score was so lopsided. Yeah. They talking about Steph Curry like he's a god. They say, he's not playing? How is it like that? So, Draymond Green, stop on the top and help out your roles. You are just a expensive role player. Role player. Yep. Play your role, and then the team wins. This is not about you. This is bigger than you, Draymond Green. This is bigger than you, my team, going to the locker room and say, I need the ball. But when you get the ball, do something with it. Because, again, I go back to Clay. He has to start all this off. Steph Curry, yep. he comes in and knocks down a big shot. You cannot guard all three of them. You can't do it. So Draymond Green is to stop all the antics and play basketball. Can I ask your question? Yeah, I think it was intentional. If Draymond doesn't does not play in Game Four, I think the Warriors will be okay. I really no, don't. it's over. No, I mean I, I think they'll be okay because with Adams and the way Cantor is playing, that gives more minutes for Azili. Uh, it gives more minutes for Azili and Bogut to get in and bang with those big guys in in space. So and then if Curry and Thompson are and Aguadala, Harrison Barnes finally gives out the shadows and not afraid to shoot the basketball, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be okay. That's a lot of ifs. It That's is. a lot of ifs. And it started off, if Draymond <laughs> Green plays or, not, or does not play, I think the Warriors will be okay. Now we can get to that later. Do I think it was intentional? I, I think it was. The first, when I first seen it live happening, I was like, oh, he just flailed. Like you said, he just flailed. He just flanted, yeah. acting again. Another NBA move, whatever. And... The more I saw the replay, he intentionally kicked that leg a little bit higher than expected. The leg just kept initially looked mm-hmm. like it was going. I mean, he, he's seven foot. This guy, Draymond, leaning all the way back, and his foot just. I seen guys fail a little bit. The leg kind of goes up. He's not Kobe. Kobe leg is the only guy I know who who leg go all the way up every shot. 
Reggie Miller used to do it all the time as well. Now, he initially wanted to grab more contact to the intentional foul, whatever it may be, but I think Draymond, as athletic as he can be, <laughs> I think he literally put that leg a little bit higher and wanted to initially. He's no karate kid. He's not. I'm just right. his athletic no ability. I don't, I don't see. So I don't think about he could it. do that. I don't think he can. I don't think he has. I just don't think he has that. Is as much of a train wreck as he is. I just don't think he has that in him. Now, what if he would have hit Adam's knee, his chest, his arm, anything else? Nothing else. Would, nothing would have. None of this would. None even of matter, this. Right? Exactly. Exactly. It, it's and to be in the midst of trying to shoot a shot which he was off balance to start because he went off his, his left foot and going right, going off his left foot, it's going to happen. I, I, just, I just don't think he's that kind of an athlete. I mean, I, I could the, be wrong. All uh, questions and concerns will be answered tomorrow if he's suspended or if he plays. I think it would be answered if he plays and see how he plays from there. See if he hitting them same, have those same antis or that same motion with his leg come up. I, I see, um, you, you mentioned Kobe. Kobe is probably the only one I see when he goes up, that leg comes up. That's well, just his shot. But I that's just his shot. Maybe I never paid I, too much attention to Draymond. Maybe yeah. I didn't pay too much attention to him, but I, I never seen it. And then yeah. I, I'm going off uh, if he just shut up and play basketball and stop talking so much and stop, stop trying to get off, trying to get off on uh, Adams, or he's not even the guy. Oh yeah. yeah, Adams got underneath his skin, and that's why I think it's yeah. more intentional. And Draymond, like the more I see the replay, I'm like, oh, that does like he's looking right at his foot. Draymond is looking at his foot, like it's like okay, <laughs> yeah, I know, I did some deep studying. I see. This, that. Is, all, this is all about the manhood. It, I it, see that. Hey, yeah. listen, you you can't go shopping in the men's section no. like that. I I totally agree with no, that. Wait, I not, just don't think, I just don't think that there's any way that that was intentional. Especially but. like the night after. The day after, well, exactly. Dante Jones, did. exactly. Now, that was intentional. That was all oh, Dante. Well, yeah. You mess with my boy LeBron. This is what I'm here for in the playoffs. This is my role. Yeah. I'm sorry. See, Draymond, not the person. Dray- Draymond Green has all these technicals, right? Yes. That's directed at wow. officials. That is not directed at players. I think he is. He's he's an emotional time bomb. I completely agree with that. I just can't. I just can't get in my mind. And again, I'm not a huge Draymond Green fan, and, and you guys already yeah, know that. That's why, that's why I'm thinking. You just don't think he's smart enough to do something like that. So you can't fathom that he could do that or would do that. I just don't. I don't yeah, I I don't know how he can flail his arms and uh, after going off his left foot, the right foot's got to go up. Intentionally. Um, well, not. But but when he's flailing backwards. <laughs> Your arms flail backwards. That means that as a pendulum weight, you have to have a counter force so that you don't end up on your back. And that is your right leg flying up. And so as a result, you're right. I don't think he's smart enough to figure out the physics of all that and do it intentionally. You're right. You're right. Does it really even, like, honestly matter? I think, yeah. I think Draymond Green, if if he would focus on rebounding and scoring on second shots like that, Mm-hmm. And he's a beast when he wants to be. He can be the beast there. But that's what's missing is that he wants to shoot outside jumpers, fade away, oh fade away, you know, take it inside and try to do a fade away. I mean, please stop it. Play your game. And, and to your point, Kwame, that's, I'm with you. He's completely playing outside his yeah. game and what he's, he's meant to be all, doing. They were all out of sync yesterday. 
he's killing the team. Golden State just yeah. looked out of sync. Yeah, that so, was the hey, first time in a long y'all time. Y'all think I it's over? Um, depending on if Draymond plays or not, I honestly, I I do think it's. I think OKC is not gonna. They're, they're gonna win Game Four. I don't see them giving up a game at home. They don't care why. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. I I just don't. Uh, I I think that there's too much fight in this team, and there's too much pride in this team for them not to go down with a fight here. And I, I think that this game, game four is going to be, um, game four is going to be a dog fight. And, and I actually, I do find it intriguing what you're saying, Demery, of if Draymond doesn't play, I actually think that may actually, um, work in golden State's favor, right? Because now you got everything all clogged up in the middle. Cause both guys, both teams are playing two big guys who don't go get outside right. of eight feet. Mm-hmm. What's that going to do? Boy, that's sure going to free up the outside. And who's better at in the outside than Golden State? Nobody. Right. It's going to be a guard, guard-driven guard game. In, Which in Durant, that, could be, wing, so. that could be trouble. That eliminate could be trouble the big for man. OKC. The, the, this, this will eliminate it because the big man, Stephen Adams and Cancer, have been, they've been balling mm-hmm. the last two games. Last three. All, all, all three series. Games, all three games. All, they, yeah. they made an impact. You take that away, you get some bigger guys on the court now. Golden State, it's, uh, your guards versus my guards. So let's go. Well, and, and I think OKC makes their living on penetration and dish. Um, where yeah, that, me too. And, and, and I, Golden State doesn't. So that's why I think it actually favors Golden State. So that could be interesting. But uh, well, those guys, they have to knock down those shots like they knocked them down last. Because uh, remember, yeah. uh, Westbrook, Westbrook and, and uh, Durant say we don't trust our teammates. I don't know who they think they ought to say that. But they are, I guess they are stars. But to say that in public for everybody to have a conversation about, I thought was wrong. You go in the locker room and say, you guys got to hit some shots. I'll, I'll be all in favor with that. But to call your teammates out like that in public, like they don't have oh, perfect yeah. games every time. We watched Kevin Durant go two oh. for 30. Yeah, exactly. Kevin yeah. for 30, one game. And no one called him out because everybody deemed the, the superstar status. He's allowed to have that game, those type of games, every once in a while. But I'm not a fan of calling those games out, of calling your teammates out in public. I can talk to in the locker rooms, and we understand each other because of everything we've been through. Now, the um, inside-outside game, I think that if they knock down those shots, that's a whole different ball game for OKC, and they can play that. But then it does benefit the Golden State Warriors on their fast break and the shooters they have. Yeah. After the break, I mean, we'll discuss about what Durant and Westbrook felt like calling those teammates out in the media. We'll, we'll talk about that because I think I got a little different opinion about it. So, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show, we're going to take you, jump into this first break. Demi Lachey, Kurt Feldkeller, Kwame here on the line. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. 
Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Yeah, international underground thunderbounds when I stop the ground like a million elephants a silver back around the tank you can't stop a train who wants up don't come Hey, welcome back. Welcome back in. Final National Sports Talk Show 888-346-9144 is the number to call in join us on the show. Henry Lachey, Kurt Felkeller, Kwame here on the line talking discussing yesterday's blowout massacre if you're a Golden State fan. Now Kwame did mention before the break how he did not he does not like, did not like how Westbrook and Durant called out the teammates, the other guys, I guess you could say, and telling them they can't knock down shots towards the media. And for a guy like for a guy like Durant and Westbrook, for those two guys, I could see them approaching how emotionally how emotional those two are. I could see them approaching those two guys in the locker room at practice, the rest of the players, whatever it may be, to step their game up. I could see Westbrook getting in the face. And Telling those players that, trying to get their confidence going, and if it causes us to go, take it to the media to finally get their attention, because honestly, it's it's working. Uh, uh, it's one time working. is not working. One time is not working. I, I don't think you ever, ever call anybody out through the media. That is that is a disaster waiting to happen. Particularly players. I, I mean, I, I hate it when players and coaches do that. They leverage the media. Man up. Exactly. You only create more hysteria around it. You don't get a solution. You just get more talk. And the solution, I think, is, you know, you gotta you gotta take care of your own business in your own house. And I don't believe any of the other business is anybody else's to talk about. And and that's all it does. It only creates more chatter and divisiveness. And, and then people run with those statements to the way that they want to run with them versus the way that they were intended. Now, if nobody does it, you, you come call me out. You come talk to me man to man and call me out. Hallelujah. That you absolutely have the right to do that anytime you want. Knowing Westbrook and Durant, you don't think those two? No. I don't think anybody. No, I don't think. No. If they're that straightforward, go do it man to man. Why are you grandstanding? Why, you ta- why do you feel like you need to tell the media about it instead of being man up. Man up and go talk to a man-to-man. I, uh, on the NBA again, today, I'm going to be honest with you. I think about 30% of the guys in the NBA are, how can I say this, wanting to give it all every game, focused every game, not all about the money. 30%. I want to win a championship. If, if, I don't, like, I, yes, that, yes, I'm going to get, what's up? If you call me out in public, and obviously... You don't know your team. I'm talking Durant 
and Westbrook. If you call your teammates out in public, obviously you don't hang out with your teammates. You don't know them because that's something you don't have to do. Uh, and maybe you can look at it on the other side. I don't know. Maybe I do know them. But I don't need to be answering questions about some pinhead that don't know what's going on in the locker room because you made a statement and think you know everything that's going on in the locker room. And then I got to ask the question about my teammates, don't, my two-star players don't trust me. Well, do their jobs and our role players do their jobs. You gotta, or you gotta want to answer those type of questions. All I'm saying is you gotta check to see who's real and who's not. And if yeah, it causes because in this society and the way we living in now, everything's on the media, everything's social media. Some of the basketball players, whatever athletes, most of the, some of the guys in the NBA, I think are mostly there just like you, like we said, for the fame, to, to play at the highest level. Yeah, you're playing professional basketball, but are you locked in and winning and wanting to win the championship? You don't think Durant and Westbrook know who's in their locker room? You don't think they know what talent or they can't figure it out by now and see what's walking around in the locker no. room? They tired of this. I they think, want. They ready to win. I think. I hey, think if I gotta check you go after they after their free agent year, I think about where they gonna go. I think they're talking more about that. Yeah, but right now those two guys they they're always locked in to win the championship. They got they give it their all every single day and night. They got the but heart. Trust your teammates. Keep passing so, the ball. Exactly. Yeah. So what's the benefit so it, in calling built, them out in public? It built to trust. It built to see. Are you guys? They called them out during the regular season. Like, hey, fine. What's y'all what's gotta, the y'all benefit? Gotta, y'all got to step up your game. What's the benefit in calling them out in public? To making sure that they are on go, that they're on point. Maybe they seen something in the locker room. I'm telling you. Well, then it, that, it, that's not leadership. In professional that's sports, that's cowardly. Well, I, I wouldn't say it's a coward. It's just it's cowardly. I wouldn't say it's a coward because. It, it, it's just different now, Kurt. Like I, I get what you're saying. I, I, I trust me. If sports was still, most of the time, I'm gonna talk to you guys face to face, man to man, and they get it. Then there's no discussion that should be talked about in the media at all. But because it's so many media outlets around, it's so it's. What does that have to do with one on one? It's always around it, in the it, game, or it's, it's always around in the professional, whether it's practice anywhere. It, I mean, totally disagree. I, I think anybody to be successful, it's about relationships with people. It's about your ability to communicate properly. Calling it out in the media does, okay, so now, now we're going to have 400 voices talking to that one person. Who knows what's going to be communicated? The right thing? With 400 voices talking to you, how I'm many of those 400? I'm not saying that's an okay thing. No, I'm just it's saying. It's like texting. It's like texting. <laughs> well, yeah, so there's we too much interpretative. Exactly. It yeah. comes across as something else. I just don't. My whole point is, don't ever, don't ever say something to me indirectly. You got, as a grown man, you got something to say to me, say it to my face, and we can have a discussion about it, or yep. we can go outside and talk about it. Right. But for some, we bring in other people into our business, and I'm and most people just private anyway. But you bring in somebody else into your business, whether it be basketball, life, period. Come talk to me, or I got a problem with you. I, I've always said this: if I don't like somebody, and and we've hung around each other for quite a few times, you can ask anybody this. I'm going to tell that person I don't like them so it's no mistaken about when we're around each other so we don't have any problems or we just don't hang around each other. But I'm never going to have you assuming or or have you thinking, well, me and Kwame too. No, it's just, just a, for me, I think it's, to me, I think it's respect. I think you, yep. we know yeah. who we are. We know who we stand. And that being the case, I'm just not going to hang around you anyway. That's why I kind of said, alluded to, I hear more about Durant, where he's going next year, and what and where where's Russell going in two years? So I hear more about that than the than the private conversation. Oh, I hear just as much as their private conversations. 
keep the stuff that's private private in the locker room. Those are grown men. They can respond. That's how they got to the league because they had talent enough. They was ambitious enough. They had a passion and desire to get there. Now, somebody, if you know your team, then you spark that inside the locker room. I agree with that. I agree to it. But all, oh. all I was saying is just some some guys don't respond the same way. Sometimes you, That's true. hey, they don't. you know, if I got to call you out in the media, I'll do it because I'm serious about this championship. Yeah, mm-hmm. Durant, you hear all these rumors about where he's going to go, Westbrook, same thing. You don't hear them two talking about it. Let a guy like a, like you talk about a leader role or a guy who can ignore stuff. Look at Carmelo Anthony. He, he's not a leader. Went, well, exactly. That's the complete opposite. <laughs> so when his name was being racked around, he was like, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm I'm, I'm weighing in my eye. I'm thinking about it." And why are you talking about that right now? And now I got to come to the locker room, hear you talk about. That's the complete opposite. I'm saying with Durant and Westbrook. I think Durant and Westbrook they check their guys. It, it's it's no doubt about it. I think they check them straightforward. Are y'all in this or not? The NBA, like I said, thirty so percent of the guys through the media. are all into it. So they did it through, through the media. media. They didn't. I mean, they did it. They well, responded. I know, I get it. And well, now, they okay, didn't respond. They're, they're talking one instance they're great, here. They're, they're playing great basketball They right just now. got blown out two games ago. We've seen two blowouts in the last two games, and you're suddenly they're saying also, everything's turned around? They're also no, it's the, not. They're in the Western Conference Finals. They're playing with a lot of confidence, and those other guys are stepping up. And you think that's because they went through the media? It could It could have been. No, no, not not. I'm not asking. During, could be. This is a yes or no I, question. I'm not in the locker room, so I'm not going to say a guarantee. But I can see if I call if somebody called me out in the media to the point, I'm gonna go back and respond like, "Oh, you you gonna call me out? You checking me like that? As, That's as a punk a man, move." But what? You what step it, up your game. So you want to cause controversy? No, wow. it's not causing it. It's not causing it. It's addressing it. Uh, We're going to address this as, cowardly. As a man, though, <laughs> you, you you in the NBA for the same reason they are to win championships and. Right, that it's should be right. it. That it's should be right. it. But most of the guys, what I'm saying is most of the 70, 70% of the NBA, I think, aren't focused on, yeah, we should be here to win championships. I think some of these guys just like the fame, like being being in basketball, getting paid, like not really focused into the game as they should be, as winning a championship, like a, the focus of a LeBron James. And calling him out in the media changes that. I think I think they responded, Yeah. I think calling them out of the media checks you like, oh, you you a media guy? Oh, you always want to hear about what's going on or in the media? You always you watching the show? You bringing this stuff into a locker room? Let me check you then. You want to go to the media? I check you this one this time. This is why I struggle with millennials. <laughs> <laughs> if I, hey, um, man, it's that's what if I'm I saying. Demory, if I call you out in public, you gonna have a problem with me, and then you gonna want to talk to me, and we gonna have that conversation that we should have had in private. Right, I get that. Right. But honestly, before you even would even call me out in public, you would address me man to man, face to face. How do we know that? Yeah, then then I'm never gonna call you out in public. Not that's not true. That's not true. A lot of guys. That's true. A lot of guys do check their teammates one on one, come back in the media, and and still say something about their players in the media. No, I think most go the cowardly route and call them out in the media versus. Because then you always hear the backstory. Why didn't you come to me, mm-hmm. man to man? Yeah. You hear that constantly when people are called out in the media. So to tell me that it goes the other way, historically, and the history being the best indicator of the future, that doesn't represent what happens. When people call you out in the media, they have not gone to you one-on-one. 
they've not manned up. They've not, they've not talked about the issue and, and tried to find a resolution. They're there to embarrass you. Yeah, and, yeah, and that yeah, just not, creates disrespect. Mm-hmm. I want to get the best out of them, like I say. I mm-hmm. want to run this route. I want them to feel like everything I'm doing on defense, and I'm showing you that I'm doing it on defense, I'm talking to you in the locker room about it, that you balling on offense. And I'm, I'm just going to say, all right, what we going to need to do? I might not even call you out and say, let's go work out together. Because then I know who I'm dealing with. Like, I always thought if teams worked out together, then they, they'll come right, they build more of a cohesive unit. If, yeah. I, if they don't work out, I like to think if I'm in Virginia working out and you in Indiana working out and we got to come to a one place to have to win to achieve our goals, I like to think when I was in Virginia, you was busting your ass just like uh, I was mm-hmm. in Indiana. Mm-hmm. So if I have to call you out, I'm gonna come to you man to man first. You should. I agree. That's the thing you should do, and I think Durant and Westbrook did that. I'm not saying. I, I think they did that. You first. think they did that? To a man, you would have a problem if I called you out in public. Because you said something about me in public, and I know how hard I'm working, I'll come to you and I'll address you on the spot. Right believe- after that, a uh, reporter came to me and said, you said this, I said, next time you got something to say to me, you say it to me. Right. Call me out in public. You, you might be the superstar, but you do your job and I'll do my job. You don't worry about me. You're not the coach. I'm just saying, I believe, I think they, they, went, in, oh, they, went, <laughs> they went that way about it. Knowing Westbrook, knowing Durant, I don't know how them that well. They but are, I guess how intrigued they are do. to the game. Yeah, the passion they do, the leaders that they are. Durant, a leader. Durant, a leader. Durant's not the leader of that team. Westbrook is the, the heart leaders, and soul I of that. The team. leaders that they are. I'm, so Durant is not a two, leader. Speaking of the two, they're leaders on the team. You don't think so? Durant, no. Westbrook, Durant, no. absolutely, okay. absolutely. But uh-huh. Durant, no. Not at all. He's just he's just incredibly talented. So Golden State in trouble. <laughs> Toronto. And I do Cleveland. think they're in trouble. Toronto and Cleveland play tonight. Is Toronto back into this? Are are they? Is there belief? If they win, if they win tonight. If they win tonight, I. Yeah, I I'm very curious to see what kind of fire Cleveland comes out with tonight. Do y'all believe Toronto's got a chance to win or? Do y'all believe that, they, uh, that they're back into this series? No, I don't believe it I, yet. I, you know what? I do. I agree, I'll be quick. I do because they were second in the East, and the East is weak. So it's not like the Cleveland Cavaliers blew the whole East of the conference out. There was true. one game ahead of uh, Toronto. Toronto was playing at home. They are with talent, but they just need to have to find a way to play together. Last game, they played some defense, and they ended up winning the game. Uh, now, a lot of um, Kevin Love didn't show up. But so what? That's not Toronto's fault. I'm I'm doing things to allow you not to show up. Well, you got to press at certain points in the game, and it might not work out. And if it does, then we we in a battle. Yeah, the East just isn't that good. <laughs> He's just. I mean, I, seriously. I mean, you look at you look at what uh, fifty six wins for for uh, Cleveland, and yes. they're the number one team in the in the East. That's really yeah, not that 57. good. 57. 57? Okay. That makes it better. 57. <laughs> 57 wins. I mean, how many how many teams in the West have more, 57 or more wins? In the West, I know. They, and they not, Six? They didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah. They didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. But, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with them tonight. I Cleveland has got to show me something that they, they can uh, really respond here 
with a little adversity. They just got punched in the face, and they I want to see how they, they respond. They got punched in the face for the first time in this playoff series, but I, I still think it's over. I still think Cleveland is going to run straight through Toronto. They today, should. Game five, it's, it, it, they're just going to walk through. Because not only did Kevin Love not show up, Kyrie Irving played terrible on Saturday. He he disappeared like no other as well. So yeah. and they missed a lot of shots. Yeah, they missed a lot of shots. And Toronto, yeah, due to a lot to because of Toronto's defense, they believed in one another. They was playing together, and DeRozan was hit, hitting shots. DeRozan you, was ridiculous. And you know, DeRozan and Lowry start hitting shots. They have a chance to beat anybody with those two. Yeah. Can they do it again? I don't believe it because history has told me no. Yeah. They haven't done this for a consistent time. It was great that they got one in, but I don't see it happening again. Not this year. Yeah. That will definitely be I, – I don't know. I, I'm going uh, to give Toronto a, a, a puncher's chance up there in Toronto. I don't see Biombo getting 20-plus rebounds again. Tristan Thompson. Well, you know what? But but he, he, he can get fifteen. That's yeah, can, that's fine. I think. Yeah, you can have fifteen. But Biombo understands his role. His role is to play defense and get rebounds. Yes. Draymond, listen up. <laughs> I mean, he truly does. I mean, there is a guy who truly does understand his role, and he realizes when he plays defense and he rebounds, he inspires the crowd and he inspires his team. You need those players that will do the dirty work. That's why Kurt Rambis was so popular. Yeah. You know, he just went and Dennis Rodman absolutely goes into the Hall of Fame for somebody who averaged, you know, eight points a game, but ends up in the Hall of Fame because he inspired the entire team by defense and he understood who he was and didn't try to be somebody different. He didn't want to be Steph Curry. He knew he couldn't be Steph Curry. Draymond, are you listening? So this is (laughs) this is just where it's got to go. So, man, leave Draymond alone. Oh jeez! Leave Draymond alone. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll call him out. I'm gonna I'm gonna send out a tweet telling him about what I think of him. So. Yeah. Jeez. So I I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say Toronto wins tonight. You are not gonna say that on the record. I'm going on the record. Toronto oh. wins tonight. Toronto ties up the I'm, series. I'm going on that. I'm, I'm putting that same needle to the record. What is wrong with y'all? <laughs> do y'all not, not, do, like, do y'all like not know their pl- <laughs> like basketball? <laughs> well, apparently you, you don't. Know, I, tell you, I, tell you I tell you what's wrong with me. I just believe you got 12 guys on that team or 15 guys on that bench. They all made it to the pinnacle of their, their passions. So I'm not going to count them out because everybody saying that Cleveland is this team. Not just because they're saying it, but Cleveland, they are that team. But we talking about the playoffs now. We're talking about a puncher's chance at home. So I'm just going with everything being equal, Cleveland being the best team in the East, arguably one of the best teams in the league, and then the Toronto Raptors, second place in the East, playing that second game at home after beat winning that first one. I think they just have a chance. You know, let's so I'm, rem- going with the puncher's, I'm going with the puncher's chance at yep. being at home. Well, let's remember one thing, and I know we need to go to break, but the last thing I'll say is that Cleveland was the big story because they suddenly brought it together the last quarter of the season. Guess what? They didn't run away from Toronto. 
Toronto played just as well yeah. that last quarter of the season as Cleveland did. In fact, they played better because the lead, they only won by one game. They only had the number one seed by one game. And they, I think they were, you know, Cleveland had a three or four game lead before it looked like they kind of put things together. Toronto, Toronto's nothing to sleep on, even though they looked like it in Cleveland. If they're two stars, step right. up. If they two stars, play lights out. And Biombo they, they they does chance. his uh, Dikembe wave. Stop that. Call me last the Sports Talk <laughs> Show. We'll be right back. <laughs> Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Stuck off the realness. We be the infamous. You heard of us. Official Queensbridge murderers. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back in to the last segment on this Monday. Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. We got Kwame here on the lines. Demi Lachey's here in the studio. Captain Kurt Felt Keller. Oh. Is in this thing. In the building. Is in the building. I am in the building. It's nice to be in the building with Demery. This way we can look at each other and shoot daggers at each other for the, the <laughs> being on opposite sides of the fence constantly. Yes. Oh, y'all not sitting side by side? No. 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 We, <laughs> I'm looking directly at him, and, I'm just, and I'm, I've been constantly just shaking my head during this entire hour, and Demery's just going, what? What? <laughs> I'm giving it to him. I'm, I'm trying my best. I'm throwing all the darts from everywhere. Like, wait a minute, what about this one here I thought about? <laughs> and it's not phasing Kurt. He got the same look. I'm like, I'm going to get him. <laughs> he's, gonna, he's, he's trying to get in my head. <laughs> kind of like Draymond's trying to get in the head of, uh, of Adams. I'm trying to hold it down for millennials. That's my so, role. Hey, so. It's not working. That's my role. <laughs> Kwame, I think that you're very interested in this topic. So, uh, seven years ago, the NFL committed to $30 million to uh, head injury and the, the investigation of CTEs. It has come back that they're withholding $16 million of that because they can't get the people that they want to run the studies, even though they said it was completely unrestricted when they, they offered it up. I'm really struggling with this because they're trying to give it to a, a more favorable 
uh, response team, then the, the team that's out there is being a bit critical about the head injuries and the way the NFL works. Listen, I, I'm really struggling here because I don't believe NFL players, they just need to know the truth. They're still going to take the risk. I believe that to be true. They're still going to take the risk for all of the great things that come from being an NFL football player. They're going to take the health risks down the road to do it. But I believe that the NFL is being disingenuous with the way that they are handling head injuries and the information about CTEs and head injuries. What are your thoughts? I um, One of the things uh, with a lot of guys that played in the National Football League and then when they retired from the National Football League was all about trust. We didn't, we didn't trust that the right things were being done for us and by us or with us in mind. Um, and then when a lot of stuff came out with the concussions and the, and the information withheld and you find out down the road, and on top of um, you finding using thirty two thousand, there's a lot of there's a lot of off campus or outside of the game or off the field stuff that when you go see doctors, these doctors are supposed to be biased. They're not supposed to be on the NFL side. They're not supposed to be on your side. So when you mention, and that's a good, and I'm and I'm glad you always do your research and you come up with these things. But when you mention that you withheld in 16 because 16 million dollars because you're looking for a favorable a favorable doctor that's not like me to me you're looking for someone to weigh more on your side than the player side just get it over with you have the money it's not even about the money it's right now for the NFL it should be about clearing your conscience or or getting rid of this and start from a new slate and maybe this new NFL that it looks it looks good the new NFL looks good because now these guys have all the information when they come into the league. And 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 we see guys, and I saw guys two years ago play their first contract and retire. So yeah. if you want to, mm-hmm. if you don't want guys to start doing it, going that route, and then the talent becomes watered down, and you only have guys for four to five years, then you have to go back to the CBA and start changing how contracts are done, changing how money is distributed, changing how many years you're giving a guy coming out of college, or if a guy even comes out of college, or do you allow him to come out even earlier than he's been coming out after his second year, like basketball, or maybe some positions like out of high school. I don't think the game is too physical for a guy to come out of high school. Now, now all that being said is with the um, with the all the cloud that's over the NFL, it, it would make sense if they just start doing the right things right here and now and clearing the whole slate. And you looking for favorable doctors is the reason why a lot of guys still don't trust the NFL. And then they put a lot of good programs in place like the uh, the Legends community because I was one of the guys who used to argue all the time what the NFL was doing for us when Gene Upshaw was in charge. He used to come to the facilities, every facility I was in, and he knew I always had something to say. He would never leave. His last statement said, Kwame, I know you got something to say. And I said, yeah, I do. How can you say you represent a current player and tomorrow I retire, you have nothing to do with me? And that just didn't never make sense to me. And how can you, even with the um, the military situation, when you was flying, got this conversation we had last week. Yep. You was flying uh, families out here to reunite with their military families, but I didn't know that they was paying for this. And now you decided to give how much care, how much back? Seven hundred, seven hundred uh, k back. Thousand dollars back. Yep. It, it's 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 little stuff like that that people still wonder, you know, why guys play um, or why. 
no one has done. Not, not why guys play. Guys going to play. But why no one has done anything about who's in charge of those decision-making skills and why nothing, why nothing hasn't haven't been done yet. So it's, it's disheartening just to hear something like that because I didn't uh, know that. I didn't read that. I didn't research that. I'm glad you brought it up. But it's just, I might talk about it later. But it's disheartening to hear stuff like that. And they need to do the right thing. And they're not. And that's my biggest challenge right now is, is I'm continuing to see bad decisions made by the NFL, not in the best interest of the quote-unquote shield, as Roger Goodell always says, my job is to protect the shield. And he's not. He's not being forthright. He's creating, he's creating a divide between, between your employees and the employer, and that never is a recipe for success. He's got to bring things together. And right now... You know, I, I trusted him, except now I've realized there's no good reason. I understand why the Players Association does not trust Roger Goodell. They don't trust him to do the right thing. Because these are, these are just, it's just hit after hit after hit. Mm-hmm. At, one, at some point, you've got to start looking at yourself and going, I'm being deceitful. And, and to me, this is being deceitful. Right. What is the shield? You can't be, uh, the problem with anything before Demery goes, you can't be judge, jury, and executioner. One guy can't be those things. And and I think he is all those things. And and that's the union's fault for going for the money and giving him more power than he deserves. I think the power should be equally distributed. So when some things come up in his nature, then it can be handled that way. But when everybody looking, putting their hands in their pocket and seeing how much they can get out of it, then that would become a problem right. with the right, making the right judgment in right. the right in the right situations. Well, I'm wondering. I'm wondering if the players' association has learned a lesson because that brings up one other topic that's prominent in the NFL today, and that is Tom Brady is going to appeal the decision that was rendered yesterday uh, by the circuit court, and he wants the full circuit court of judges now to to rule on it, not just the three member panel. But here's the problem I've got is that DeMora Smith said that none of this, the, the punishment was unfair. That is not what this lawsuit is about. The lawsuit is about, did Roger Goodell go through the process as negotiated in the CBA? He, has, he did sign up to be judge, jury, and executioner, mm-hmm. and that was agreed to. There is nothing to do whether it's fair or not, has nothing to do with that. He is acting within the rules that they negotiated of how to hand down punishment. Now, that's just plain stupid by the Players Association to accept that. They accepted he can be judge, jury, and executioner. Now they've decided, well, he's not going to be fair because he's deceitful. (laughs) Well, guess what? That's true. He is being deceitful. He is being unfair. He is unfairly rendering a decision against Tom Brady that has nothing to do with quality of football. But it is what was negotiated by the players, and they did a terrible job of negotiating it. And I listened to DeMar Smith this morning saying, you know, I'm just very concerned about the unfair judgment that's been made. That isn't what this case is about. It's the process that they negotiated, and Roger Goodell is judge, jury, and executioner, period. They negotiated. Even even more so, um, I think this is... Tom Brady is just in the middle of all this right now because I think this is about the Marie Smith and Roger Goodell. I think this is about more so the prayer unions saying, 
I don't care if Tom Brady play or not. I'm using this opportunity to take some of that power back, win, lose, or draw. And they're hoping they win because then they'll see. They just want to show everybody uh, what idiotic decision they made as far as uh, giving <laughs> him that true. much power for the money, for exchange, for the money, for the players' unions. Yeah. Players' unions don't have that much money that the NFL has. So when yeah. you're fighting these guys, you're going to fight an uphill battle, and it might cost a lot of people in the back end in the long run, as yeah. it, other than just Tom Brady or Demarie Smith and the players' union trying to make a point that we want some of this power back. He shouldn't be what he is. Well, y'all gave him that power. Exactly. It was Demore Smith needs yeah, so to what are you, what are you fighting in that standpoint then? If you're giving someone the power, I've given you the power. Yep. You're Roger Goodell. You're going to do your job yep. to upseat that power. You're going to do what you have to do to make sure that, right. hey, you gave me these keys. I'm going to drive it. Right. Why are you trying to fight it back now? Because now they're, they're trying to say it's not fair. I get Fairness that. has nothing to do with the argument. And that's why they keep losing these these appeals. These appeals, yeah. Because Roger Goodell is following the exact process that was negotiated in the CBA. And, you, and Kwame, you're right. The Players Association, DeMora Smith is trying to, trying to, pull, trying to put the genie back in the bottle. <laughs> you know, DeMora, you screwed up in your negotiations. Yeah. You screwed up in talking with the, the player reps and telling them, giving them guidance on what to accept and what not to. The players wanted less practices and all that, so you gave away the house. So that they don't have to practice as much. And now, as it turns out, players are realizing that was a really bad decision, too, for themselves. Mm. That they're not prepared. They are not football ready. And that's why all these injuries are happening. I, I'm just, you know, I, so I'm, I'm leaving today with two, two opinions. One, Demora Smith, you're an idiot. You did a terrible job in negotiating on the players' behalf. You did not put what was important to the players Mm -hmm. as your top priority. Two, Roger Goodell, you're a deceitful human being, and you are not doing what's in best interest of the shield, the NFL shield. You are not protecting the best interest. The best interest is get the best information so that everybody can make their own decision. Your job is not to control the information. Your job is to allow people to make the best decision that they decide to make. All right, I'm off my. I'm getting off my my soapbox there. I'm, but I'm I'm pissed off. God, I'm I, here. You know, well, you well, when you see it, when you see it, and you, uh, I mean, if you just if you can read and understand things, you can see something's not right, and they continue to allow this to happen. Then you look at both sides and see what they're. You, you make a great analogy. He's trying to put the. Well, you make a great point. He's trying to put the genie back in the bottle. Well, when you was going through all this with the uh, CBA and the lockouts, I thought it was for the players. But more so, you thought you was getting money that you would never have to use or you can build off it or who, whomever's getting that money. And now, you're taking an opportunity in this Tom Brady deflategate situation and his suspensions uh, that's on the table to see if you can fight Roger Goodell for to put that genie right back in the bottle yeah. and then start from scratch again. Well, the, you yeah, want I that f- power back. I feel bad if you miss Smith. Well, but nobody's nobody's hammering Demora Smith on this. Nobody is, is holding keep, him he accountable. Has, he has to keep fighting it because yeah, but, once but, he gives up, the players are going to look at well, him. But he's fighting the wrong fight. He's not even fighting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not even fighting the ruling that that the uh, courts keep bringing down. He wants to talk about fairness. Is is a, a four game suspension fair? Hell no! Hell no! It's already in the rules. Any equipment changes, Mm -hmm. which deflating a football is, it's a $25,000 fine. That's it. But Roger Goodell, judge, jury, executioner, 
Four-game suspension. No, it's not fair. Demore Smith, that's not the issue. The issue that you're fighting is he's he's working it within the confines that you negotiated on behalf of the players to let him be judge, jury, and executioner. And now he found himself not being able to get out of this situation. So he's going to fight it to the end yes. and cause everybody's problem in the back. Yeah. And and by the way, the the PA's Players Association little uh, trust fund that they treasure trove that they have of the money built up. Oh, that's mm-hmm. gone. It's gone. It's gone you got it, that. They said it's going to be another fifteen million dollars. Of course. I mean, yeah, yeah, and their lawyer's getting it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It's one of Demore Smith's friends, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know that. Jeez. One hand washes the other. Yeah. Yes, sir. Hey, we actually uh, ran out of time here, so <laughs> sorry about that. Great Monday show. No, thank Kurt. No, that's the way to drop it off, man. That was great. That was great information. Great follow up. Way to end it on on a good on a great note. That was awesome. Uh, we will be back here tomorrow. Thank you for tuning in. Kwame Lasseter, Demi Lachey, Kurt Felkeller. We out! Thanks for tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.